You're tuning in to The Edge Podcast. This week, we have an amazing special guest on. Before we get started, ask yourself, what am I doing right now to get The Edge? We're cruising, we're buzzing, and we're ready to roll. So let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another weekly episode of the Edge Podcast. How are you doing today, Jacob? Good, you? Pretty good, pretty good. I uh, just in- finished an interview with someone that I uh, hired, which is pretty exciting because had a had a person unfortunately kind of get injured, so they can't work with us anymore this summer. So I was really stressed because they were supposed to start on Tuesday. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, things like that happen. Um, I I had another painter quit last week too, uh, just because. I think they said they had like a lot of, you know, personal stuff going on. So, yeah, it's it's always nice uh, when that happens, like right before production. But uh, of course, that's why we have to overhire. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, like like this per did do you did you hire them like on the spot? Do you usually do that or? I usually don't, but I did hire this person on the spot just due to kind of circumstances. Um, apparently, she knows my mom somehow, and that's how she like reached out to me. I don't really know, but. Um, she did have some painting experience. Uh, she like kind of just like freelanced over the last year by herself. So yeah, I mean, she, she was explaining to me kind of like what she's done and it was like pretty impressive. I asked her if she like freehanded or like used tape and she's like, yeah, no, like I freehand. It's like way faster, like way more efficient and like you use a lot less materials. So just kind of like her EQ in painting is like a little bit higher than most people I interview. And, um, she was like really motivated. She wants to be like, She's like, if you have any kind of like manager position on the crew, like I want to do that and like all the stuff. She's like, I got a rack. I'll carry my own equipment. Like I got a That's sprayer. Nice. She's like, if, if you need me to like bring my own sprayer, I can. And I was like, what? sweet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, that was really cool. So pretty good catch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Very lucky. But yeah. Um, sometimes you just want to be careful with those guys because, uh, you know, I know we've had it in the past with situations with guys who have had uh, experience and like had that kind of thing. And they've mm-hmm. thought because they brought value in like so many other ways that they didn't have to like bring in as much value in, in the actual job itself. That's painting. So, well, yeah, like my main question to her was like, I know <clears throat> you may know how to paint, but, um, are you open to change? Cause like, even though like you might have your own system of doing things, um, I like everyone to kind of have the same system on my cruise. So like, are you open to learning new things or doing something differently or changing the way that you kind of currently do stuff? And she's like, yeah, of course, if it can make me better, like I'm, I'm open to that. So that's good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, again, like I said, I usually don't hire people on the spot, but when you get close to summer, sometimes you don't want them to go and do other interviews. So, yeah, no, that, that, that is true. Um, I think like you kind of gave me that suggestion like a couple weeks ago because uh i was having a really hard time with like offering people positions like the next day and they would already be like oh no sorry like thanks so much like i actually got something else <laughs> but which yeah. is fine like, yeah like cool. good it's people get like, taken up right so yeah. yeah for sure so yeah that was kind of like a good start to my day um i mean like first week of production has been like all over the place because my 
like obviously training a production manager and making sure everything's organized and obviously like making sure the painters feel comfortable and stuff it's always like a shit show I guess the first week of making sure everything's perfect and then you're gonna get back into the swing of it so I've been like pretty okay I guess this week and it's just like super busy right like you get back to those like 10 to 12 hour days and your body's not used to it so yeah but yeah how's your week been it's fun it's uh you know you know kind of I wouldn't call them long days because uh like I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I feel like I'm just working better, uh, right now than I ever have before in terms of like, I'm still working, you know, like I, I work right around from seven thirty AM until, you know, like six or so at night, which is a pretty good day, like nine to 10 hours, but I don't feel tired. I'm, I just feel like busy and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still able to fit in the things that I really want to fit into like for my lifestyle that makes me happy. So yeah, like I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, it's uh, marketing's been down a little bit. I'm getting the uh, amount of leads that I would like, so gonna have to do a bit of extra stuff this weekend to kind of get back on top of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been pretty steady the last couple of weeks for me. Um, do you feel like the marketing's kind of gone down just because you lost a lot of your marketers as they've started painting? Yeah, that's that's the main thing, you know. And uh, of course, like I was pretty much not cold calling um for the bulk of my preseason there so um fair yeah <laughs> it's it's like it's kind of a it's like oh man i gotta go back out and like you know i gotta get back into it so it's kind of i mean what like i can't complain i mean um it was good to have it for while it lasted but uh yeah i'm just gonna have to get back out and get some leads this weekend because i'm a little bit dry for next week and don't have as many estimates as i need for next week yeah that's fair and um, yeah i, I kind of try to like, soak it in as much as possible while i could with all the painters so now that they're all like slowly starting i think this is my last week that i'll have like 35 hours kind of thing yeah and then next week will probably be like 20 and then the week after that it'll yeah it'll probably be consistently 15 to 20 unless i go out and do stuff so yeah yeah totally understand that but um yeah like how's your production been and stuff super like pretty smooth you know um not much has changed like we've only produced uh well, I guess we've done three jobs since last week, like since we last time talked. But uh, yeah, it's it's smooth. Uh, everybody's picking things up pretty pretty quickly, and uh, and that's great. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. My production manager is like really great. You know, this first week that he's been working for me, he's really like kind of reminded me why uh, why I hired him. So really really happy to have him. Really uh, thankful, and I'm looking forward to to the rest of the year. So yeah, it's good because I know like the last time we talked, we were both a little bit nervous about it, but. Yeah, kind of like we said, like once you get in, into the swing of it, it becomes quite a bit more organized and I guess a little bit more like smooth and systemized than you make it to be in your head. Yeah, exactly. We always build things up more, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we do have a special guest for you guys today. Um, we're going to bring her on shortly. Um, she is a third year, I believe, um, from BC and uh, she's had like a absolute amazing preseason thus far. So we thought we just wanted to get some value from her and, and kind of her experiences over this year versus maybe some of her previous years and kind of what she's doing differently, what she's improved, what she's kind of noticed um, over the course of this preseason. Um, did you want to introduce her, Jacob? Yeah. How's it going, Kara? Kara Cooper. Good. Good. Hey, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Uh... <clears throat> How, how, how are you doing? Are you uh, have you started uh, doing any painting yet, or? 
Yeah, I started production on the 21st, so I've been going at it for like a, just over a week now. Um, it's been really good so far, actually. My painters have been crushing budgets, and I've only started one crew, so it started off really easy, and it's been a really nice first little week. But I'm starting a new crew next week, so I know it's about to get a little bit crazier. But for now, it's good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, start. It, it's always like, uh, but it's it's always nice to kind of take that step. Like I, I I find like after I started my first crew, it was like, uh, like I just kind of took a breath of relief almost, um, just because it was like, you know, I realized like it was you know, you kind of remember how to do things right. So it's always good to kind of get back in the swing of things and just ease into it always with with just one crew at a time, right? Yeah, I agree with that. And I actually had Jordan, so. For anyone that doesn't know, my district manager come to my first day of production as well, which was really yeah, nice to just who, have him uh, there. Listens to this and doesn't know <laughs> Jordan Kipnis, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Most um, people would probably know him, but just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's always nice to have your like district manager there the first day. Um, I feel like they really help. Just make sure things are being done properly. Like I remember my first year. Um, it wasn't like my production start necessarily, but um, Jordan kind of came by and like even just trying to like specify little things like, oh, you should have like this type of primer here, like, but also this one just in case. And like, why don't you have like two buckets? You should always have two buckets, like ones for garbage, ones for cleaning brushes, like just like all those little small things like really, really help. Um, obviously ensure things go super smooth and that you're not like missing anything because all those little small things like help painters be more efficient. It makes the job site look more professional, like all that good stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. He helped out a lot with that first day. Um, I feel like I was a little bit embarrassed to ask him to come help me, but I had such a hard time last year that I just needed that little bit of extra help just to feel confident going into this year of production. So I was I really grateful to have him. I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about. Like, I, I don't think there's anything like really like to be embarrassed about though, like by asking for help, you know, like, I think it's uh, like, like, obviously it's like super valuable and it's going to help you make more money and uh, maybe do more. So anyways, like Jordan's going to make more money or I'm not really sure how it works for the VP, but like um, your DM is going to make more money. Like, it's just good for everybody. So, and, and I mean, I, everybody in this company is always like more than happy to come out. So yeah, it's true. Very true. Well, uh, this year you have just been like, I mean, I mean, the big elephant, everybody knows you've just been like killing it with sales, um, like way more than, than in past years. I mean, like, what did you do last year? Like 180 or something like the whole year? Yes. And you're I did already sitting at like, yeah. And you're already sitting at like 220 or something like I think that. 230 so. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Look <laughs> at wow, you go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, like, what's uh, like, like, what's changed? Like, w has it been something in your estimate estimating process, or did have you just been putting more input in, like, in terms of getting more leads and things like that, or like, what's the biggest difference maker? Good question. I think it's definitely been just in the way that I'm doing everything. So, I really made sure that my first calls were really good, and I made sure that I was following the systems. Um, made sure that I was asking all of the necessary questions and was very adamant on people making a decision and not going to estimates if they weren't in a position to make a decision, which I feel like made a really big difference for me because I used to focus more on numbers versus quality. 
So I just try to do as many estimates as I could in a weekend, but not try to make them my best estimates. Now I do, I feel like I'm definitely doing less estimates actually, um, but just getting better results. Like I've booked, the, yeah, like this year I've booked, I think I have 49 jobs. And in my entire first year, I did 51 jobs. Um, so it's about like wow. kind of convincing people to do more. And when I go to the estimate and I'm better and I do a better walk around and I do a better first call, then people are more likely to trust me with those bigger jobs. So I have a couple of like $15,000 houses, which are huge. Um, and the first one that I booked, I was shocked that they trusted me, but Jordan reminded me that it's because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it feels crazy to have somebody trust you with that. Yeah. Well, I've seen some of the houses that you guys are on too. Like I've seen some of those houses and th I mean, yeah, like even though it's 15 grand, like I, I don't know if I'd really want to produce some of those jobs. They look pretty complex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The houses in North Van are really complex. Like there's hard to reach areas and a lot of roof work and tons of prep. But um, that has obviously allowed me to do a lot of larger estimates. And then when I book one $10,000 job in a week, it's less effort, of course, than booking five $2,000 jobs in a week or something. So like those like $15,000 jobs, like out of curiosity, how do you tackle those? Like, do you try and get it in, get it done like within a week's time frame, or like like maybe putting more people on it, or like do you just explain to the client that it's going to be like at least two, maybe two and a half weeks? I told my clients that it would be two weeks, but I could totally end up putting four people on that crew and getting it done faster. But I figured it was better to give them the lower expectation and then if we're able to do it faster then that's better versus not being able to put four people in that job and then it taking two weeks um, but yeah they they understand that they're big jobs because i really emphasize how big those jobs were when i was doing the estimate so they get it that it's going to take a long time to do the level of prep that needs to be done and the kind of complicated areas that they have in their house like they fully understand the scope of the work yeah no i mean like that's it Fifteen thousand, like I've never, I don't even think I've done like an estimate that big before. <laughs> so like that's like that's crazy that you've been able to book two of those, and uh, like that. I'm just curious because I'm just wondering, like, you know, if I ever were to do one, like how I would tackle it. Because um, I try to get things done. Like if I have like an eight thousand dollar job or something like that, I always try and put like two crews on it to get it done. I hate like having things stretch longer than a week. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, like that might just be like essential for those 15K ones. Um, but like you say, like you emphasize in the walk around, like how big the jobs are. What does that really like look like? Like what kind of language are you using to get that across to the client? So, for example, if they have windows that have a lot of panes, I'll just say these types of windows take a long time to paint because they have all of these intricate areas that need to be painted. And then this type of soffit takes a really long time to paint because you can see that that board is splitting up each individual section of soffit. And so you have to roll this area and cut around here. And I just kind of explain the process of each individual component of the job so that they fully understand why it's taking, how long it's taking. Um, especially with prep too, I explain like scraping off all of the thicker peeling areas and then sanding it down to a feathered edge and then putting primer on it and then putting the paint on it to make sure that it's prepped properly. Like I just go into a lot of detail for them. 
Um, a lot of the time I feel like they're just totally confused by what I'm saying, but I think that's kind of where you want them to be at, where you're like giving them so much information that they're like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> Definitely worth the money. Yeah, totally. And if you get a chance to kind of go into that a little bit with them on the phone as well, like if you ask them what type of soffits they have, if they know, or what style of house they have. Um, I have a lot of heritage homes in my area or like just very old homes. So I always explain to them when they've got an older home that those are usually take a lot longer to paint because they weren't designed for painting. Like they've got dormers on top of roofs that are at a 90 degree angle and we have to figure out a way to get up there. Um, so I usually try to go into that on the phone and then, of course, again, at the estimate. And then sometimes even when I'm actually presenting the agreement to them, I'll just say, this is how many days we're going to spend on prep. Like with a crew of three, we're going to spend like three to four days only on the prep for the house. And then we can get into the painting, for example, just so they fully understand. I'm explaining things to a level that they don't need things to explain to. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. I, I actually um, that that's definitely an area that I could improve on. So that's uh, that's all really good information for myself and I'm sure for a lot of the people listening to. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, like, yeah, same here. Like, I think sometimes it's very easy to skip over those things because like, you know what you're doing in your head. But like if the client just if you, if you just simply explain, like, we're going to scrape it, sand it, prime it and then paint it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty typical. But like yeah. if you go into those details, yeah, again, like I think it's just really about building value. And I think that's a very like stepped over portion of the walk around process. And obviously, like it's working very well for you with with the increase of sales that you've kind of had. And um, obviously, like your clients are hearing you when, when you're kind of talking, which is also a very important part of it. Yeah, especially like, I mean, not only are you booking more, but you're booking like I think uh, sort of a, a misconception can be like um, that it's like people who have a bigger job size, average job size are just lucky. And uh, and yeah, of course, like, you know, being in the right area, you're able to do bigger quotes. But like you also have to have like a, a, a pretty substantial amount of skill to be able to book like a $15,000 job. So um, especially because you booked those on the spot, right? The bigger ones. Yeah. Most of my work I have booked on the spot. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think the majority of student works work is booked on the spot, but just because we try to set it up that way. But like the fact that you can give somebody a price and within like 10 to 20 minutes of them hearing the price, they're handing you a check like is pretty impressive. Now, obviously, there's more to it behind that. But but uh, yeah, I, I definitely have the tendency to, to just be like, yeah, we're going to scrape and sand and we're going to have to prime and then we're going to have to wipe it down. And, and people are like, yeah. Of course, <laughs> like I, I know, like yeah. that's 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 what you need to do, and it's just like, I, I've, I, I always hear like you want to explain to the clients that, uh, like how much work is going into it, 
but uh, I guess like you know I I, I don't really I, I guess I didn't like really fully grasp it but yeah so that that's really helpful um and then and then like like going back to your first two years um what do you think like some of your biggest challenges were like the year as the whole um production sales whatever good question um i think in my first year my biggest struggle was just not actually knowing how to paint myself so trying to run jobs without actually having knowledge of painting was really difficult and trying to teach my painters without having knowledge of painting was really difficult um and I think that my first year felt harder than it actually was just because it was my first year doing this. So looking back on it, I really didn't have a very hard first year, but um, it felt hard in the moment. But I think the biggest thing was just learning how to run the business, learning how to paint myself while also trying to keep organized and teach my painters how to be efficient. So my painters didn't actually end up being that great in my first year, but I didn't know that they weren't that great because I didn't have any other experience to go off of. Um, so my first year was okay. My second year, I hired the first, the first people that I interviewed, didn't interview anybody else, started them. They were horrible. Um, we were going like days over on every single job that we were doing, but my problem was they were really nice. And so I didn't want to fire them because I thought they were so nice. And I just wanted to, I wanted them to be good, but they just weren't. And I was trying to help them, but we just couldn't couldn't get them to a point where they were even hitting budgets, much less even getting close to hitting budgets. Um, and Jordan was just constantly telling me like, you need to fire these people, you need to fire these people, you need to fire these people. And I was like, I can't, they're too nice. Um, but eventually I ended up letting them go because not only was it obviously making production really hard, but I was not able to make sales because I was so stressed out about the fact that my painters weren't going to be able to produce it. So I was like having weekly mental breakdowns about my whole business. But eventually I let those painters go and I got new painters and they were amazing. And then the second half of my summer was really awesome. They were just crushing budgets and doing a really awesome job. And that was kind of my first experience of seeing good painters and realizing that there actually are really good painters out there that can paint quickly and keep organized and help you in your business. And you don't have to kind of micromanage them all the time. But I think those were my two biggest struggles for sure. And that, that, that point you made there about not being able to make sales because you were so worried about whether or not they could do it. And I'm sure not only if they could do it, but if they could do it well, right? Like it's so hard to like look like, you know, going back to the estimate process, like it's so hard to like look people in the eye and explain to them how amazing it's gonna, like we're going to make it look so much better when you know in the back of your mind that your painters are crap. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's totally. obviously, that, that's a really good point for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's very difficult, like you said, to kind of know what a good painter looks like until you've actually experienced it. Um, I was I was lucky enough to have some good painters my first year, but I also had some really terrible ones. So it was very easy for me to like compare and contrast them and like get rid of the ones that weren't good. Um, and then my second year, I had like fantastic painters and I could even tell like how much better they were than the painters I thought were good. So um, yeah, as you kind of like increasingly like work with better people it becomes a lot more obvious as to like um how good they can be and like how much it actually reflects in your business because like you said once you kind of have a great team behind you it's very easy to like confidently tell people that your jobs are going to be done like really well on time we're going to do like a great job for you it just makes the whole sales process quite a bit more streamlined and easy for sure 
Totally. It makes it so much less stressful to do everything else in the business when you have this like one very important component of your business lined up well. Well, so, uh, and, and then like, obviously this year you have, you have a, a shit ton of work to produce. So like, are you, uh, like how many crews are you planning on running? I'm planning on running three crews of three. So I have nine painters right now. Um, I got really lucky that three of those are actually four of those are people that have come back from painting in previous years. So I've got them kind of dispersed among crews, but yeah, I'm planning to operate three crews. So it's going to be pretty busy, but I think that that should definitely, but I mean, with your job size, with your job size, I guess like that's a situation where it would really make sense to hire like only crews of three because, uh, you have. I think like about a 50,000 or sorry, a $5,000 average job size. Yeah. yeah. So like a crew of three is going to produce about that in a week. So, um, maybe a bit more. So yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. I think, uh, like if, if you had like a $2,500 job size, doesn't really make sense to have, you know, like a crew all of, crews of three. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All crews of three. Um, but yeah, so I think that's an important note to make as well to people. True. Yeah. For me, it makes the most sense. Have you ever ran crews of three or has it primarily been twos? Like, is this like a new uh, thing for you this year? Like taking on a larger crew or is that kind of like what you've done the last couple of years? I've kind of gone back and forth in smaller jobs. I would put crews of two and then in the larger jobs, I would usually put crews of three just to kind of get them done. Uh, because even last year, I did have a couple of like the six to $10,000 range jobs that I would want to get done a little bit faster. But this year, especially because I have a lot of like between the ten to $15,000 range jobs, it makes sense to put three people on there so they're not there for like a month. Um, so that's kind of why I've done that this year. Even like I find with like sometimes if you have like a really tricky area, it can be it can be good to have a third person there. Um, because that way you can have like two people kind of figuring it out and like operating in the ladder and like helping each other especially if it's like a 32 foot ladder that they're moving you definitely need two people to move those so um, it's always nice to have that third person that can always like keep painting while the other two are kind of figuring out that's like been my experience with three person crews but yeah that's that's great um and are you feeling pretty confident um like obviously you know you finished off last year pretty strong production wise but uh like obviously you have that first year and the kind of like first half of the second year kind of tougher experience, but how are you feeling going into production this year? I was really nervous before everything started, which is partial why I asked Jordan to come, but I was a little bit traumatized by the beginning of last summer and just how awful it was. So I was really nervous to start, but now that I've started my first crew and I'm realizing that they're doing totally fine and they're beating budgets and they're self-efficient and I barely even have to visit them during the day, I'm feeling a lot more confident. Um, knowing that my next crew has two experienced painters and then my next crew has an experienced painter, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I have a lot of awesome people. I did already have one person quit on the first day who I was feeling a little bit iffy about already and then hired somebody else new for the very next day. So that was totally fine. Um, so now I'm feeling really good about the people that I have and I'm feeling confident and I've got all the equipment that I need and um, some really nice clients, which is good. I don't feel like I have any clients that are going to be a little bit difficult to work with. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling really good. Well, and, and even you said like, uh, <clears throat> one of, one of the biggest issues last year was like your hiring, right? Like you hired kind of, and, and the people that you hired weren't great painters. Um, so obviously like this year, if you're feeling more confident, you probably did a better job with hiring, I assume. 
So what did that process kind of look like? How many interviews did you have to do to acquire your full team? Um, I did about 19 interviews this year, uh, but I did go into last year feeling super confident as well. So <laughs> I went into last year being like, yeah, these painters are going to be the best painters ever. And then they didn't end up being the best. But I definitely did a lot more interviews this year because I did four or five interviews last year and hired four people and was like, I'm good to go. Um, so there was quite a few people that I didn't hire. There was quite a few people that I offered the job and then they said that it wasn't the best option for them. Um, but yeah, I did a decent amount of interviews. And I, then, as I said, I got lucky that I had a lot of people come back from previous years. So I didn't have to hire as many people as I would have. Um, and then I hired people that were friends with my friends and people that were referred by other people that maybe weren't my closest friends, but people that they said would be good. So that gave me a bit more confidence as well. And like, I, I guess like w one of the question I had uh, off the top of my head was like, um, that like just came to me was obviously we have like our business goals and stuff like that. And we talk all about our business on this podcast, but outside of your business, what, what are like one or two year goals for this year or for, to, to get out of this summer, I guess. To get out of the summer specifically. Um, Good question. <laughs> I think mainly when I think about student works, I think about like business schools specifically. Um, I would like to get like a certain amount of savings from running my business. And then like within, all I can think about is business schools when you ask me that. Um, one, I would love to be able to focus on like my health a little bit better. Uh, so get a little bit better at eating well and exercising on top of running my business because I do struggle with taking care of myself while I'm so busy. Um, and then one of my goals, like yearly goals, that was kind of in the beginning part portion of our season was doing well in school too, since I'm in five classes and I will be again in the fall. But that was a really big goal for me in the spring was making sure that I was still doing okay in my classes, which I did end up doing pretty well, which I'm happy about. Um, but my main focus for the summer is just to produce all of the work that I have and have some happy painters and get that done, basically. Yeah, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the time people kind of forget about their personal goals. So I think it's like a very important question because a lot of the time like a business overwhelms you a little bit and it it's very easy to kind of forget about all the personal things that you need to do for yourself. Um, especially as a first year because you're just trying to do so well and like it is quite a steep learning curve and that's why I think a lot of people think their first year is quite a bit more difficult than their second third fourth once they like look back on it um, because obviously like as you grow as a business owner like you do take on more problems um, having higher goals is a little bit more stressful um, but then you have to kind of like think back of like how big of a learning curve it actually was and um, again a lot of the time personal goals and such like definitely like go out the window because you're just focusing so much on making this business work well and <clears throat> you you had mentioned like how um like all you can think about is like business goals <laughs> when i say that we, like it's fine to have like like i when, when i say like personal goals i'm not talking like it doesn't have to be exactly like just you like uh you know a goal for riley and i is to is to keep this podcast going throughout the whole year right um that's not exactly a personal goal it's also like not it has nothing to do with our business you could say it's like semi like you know i, I don't know what you'd call it but <laughs> um 
it, it, it doesn't have to be like exactly like just, uh, I, I think a lot of people um, in student works struggle with the same thing. So I think it's always nice to hear, uh, you know, your goals personal are probably similar to a lot of other people's. They're similar to mine, so. Totally, yeah, I kind of forget about personal goals when I'm so wrapped up in everything else. I'm a very like one focus kind of person. So I forget to think about other things, but I definitely do have some personal goals like the health thing, for example. Um, I've also been getting really into climbing lately, like bouldering outside. So I would like to get better at doing that, but I need to put some time into that. So those are my more personal goals. They're mostly related to health. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as long as you like, I think we've referenced it on the podcast before, but as long as you're kind of like building that into your schedule, um, again, we know like most of us probably know that like May is, is kind of like a a very tough time to be able to do that just because everything if you if you take may and you, you make it perfect then the rest of your summer is quite a bit easier so like may you're really focusing on like making sure everything's perfect making sure your painters are great making sure clients are happy but once you get back in, in, into the swing of things a little bit more like it's quite a bit easier to kind of be able to take that like day off maybe or like build four hours worth of bouldering kind of into your schedule kind of thing so yeah, I definitely think it's important and, and a lot of people, again, like they, they kind of forget about it because they're, they're so hung up on trying to like make this thing work. Um, but yeah, like I wanted to bring it back also to just kind of like your preseason. So what do you think um, outside of obviously like just doing better first calls and, and for better walk arounds, like what do you think has kind of changed in your business that has allowed you to like be more successful than any kind of previous years up to this point? Um, I think one thing was investing a little bit more money into my business in the preseason. So hiring people to come marketing with me and sending out a lot of money letters and focusing on the marketing aspect of it. So I was getting a lot more leads coming in. Like I was getting a ton of leads in the beginning of the preseason because I was sending people out and then also going out consistently myself, which helped a lot. And then also just staying on top of the organization so calling all of those leads within 24 hours instead of leaving it for a couple of days um, and then of course the first call aspect and the estimate aspect too but um, I feel like mostly just following the systems making sure that I was following them really closely I reread the whole operations manual I call Jordan constantly always asking questions when I was wondering something instead of just kind of trying to figure it out on my own so looking for help when I needed it and sending Jordan my first calls to double check that they were good um, and reaching out to other franchisees to chat with them as well, which isn't really something that I've done in my previous years. So I think it was a lot of different things, but mostly following the systems and making sure that I was following everything really closely. Yeah, I think using your network is like a huge one with StudentWorks. I mean, we have 150 people or so that you can kind of bounce ideas off and everyone kind of does one thing better than other people so it's very easy to kind of just call someone and be like you're doing this great like what are you doing that's different from me that like I can improve and it's very easy to like get a lot of help from from our network because everyone again like Jacob kind of referenced like everyone is super willing to try and help out and, and everybody wants everyone else to succeed as much as possible so I think like especially using your district manager as well as like calling people um, that's probably a, like a lot more valuable and like useful than you probably might think because a lot of like businesses out there don't have 150 people if they want to at their network to go and figure out how to do things better on top of a full-time business coach that you can call 
30 times a day if you really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's so. so much value in talking to people within the company. I know that in your first year, it's really scary to reach out to people. Like I would never want to really talk to anybody that wasn't also in their first year. But I feel like I could have gained a lot of value from reaching out to people. And you're right. Everybody's so willing to just talk to you, like no matter how busy they are. People are willing to help and people want to make friends within the company. And I don't usually reach out to people, but anytime that somebody does reach out to me, I'm happy to talk to them and do phone calls and discuss stuff, or even if it's just life stuff. I love talking to people. And I think a lot of other people feel that same way. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, you come into the company and, uh, and, and, and like, yeah, it's tough in your first year, but if you're, if you're around like a really supportive group of people, like it, it, it can be less tough, you know, it can be less difficult to make those to reaching to reach out to those people um i know i got really for i was really fortunate here in calgary like in my first year i had some pretty awesome vets to talk to like uh riley faith and michaela lundquist um you know it was like just a really good group of people and uh, so for me like right and i think like at training everybody kind of introduced themselves um but i think the biggest thing was is like like at training all the vets were kind of like yeah give me a call whenever you want blah 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 and uh and and i actually did and i th I, I think i was like one of the only uh, and i'm one i'm the only remaining person in calgary from my year <laughs> like from my rookie year um which is like it's kind of interesting because i think i'm like one of the only people who who really reached out to to those vets so just using your network it not only can it help you do better but it can also just like make you a little bit happier because i think uh you know sometimes you're embarrassed like you make a mistake and you're embarrassed by it because you know for whatever reason you think nobody else makes these mistakes but i mean really we, we all make pretty much the same mistakes at some point or another you know painting's pretty sim simple <laughs> So true. Anytime I call Jordan and tell him about something that's gone wrong and he just has an answer like right away, I'm like, how do you know this? And he's like, because you all make the same mistakes. These things just happen year after year. And I've been around for so long that I just keep seeing them over and over and over again. It's the same stuff. So you're right. Yeah. I feel like it is super easy to get embarrassed by anything that might go wrong, but they're so common, so much more common than you would ever think. Yeah, and for some reason, it makes you feel better when you realize that other people do the same thing. <laughs> you know? It's like joint suffering. At least you're not alone. It's like, we're all idiots. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you spilled paint, I spilled paint. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a rookie last year that <laughs> spilt uh, a can of cover stain, like a full can, uh, at a gas station. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, and then he like he drove away because he didn't have time <laughs> and he didn't know how to clean it up, so he drove away. And then he came back to the to the gas station like two hours later. But yeah, some cover stain of all things. Like I did that in my first year. At a gas station? Not at a gas station on the side of the road, but I did spill an entire can and then just drive away because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the most flammable place that you could drop cover stain. Yeah, yeah, like an <laughs> oil-based. Yeah, at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I think like the gas station actually called and was like, "Hey, uh, one of your guys like 
spilt something like on <laughs> on the on the on the floor by the pump oh, and then no. sure enough he i think by the time brooklyn heard about it uh he had like already gone back but that was pretty funny but you know it, it happens to everybody right like you just said you you did the same thing on the, on the side of the road so well and the crazy thing is like i mean once you start like doing better like using your network like you feel like super happy in the position um i don't know like in a way i feel like it's like kind of like intoxicating to continue to like do well you know like it's it's very hard like not to want to continue to push and like be better and like push yourself more than you like previously had like i know for you like even at the at the start of the year i think jordan told me your goal was like mid 200s or something and like you're already there so something like continues to push you and now like obviously like you've raised your goal so um are you excited about that or like how did you feel seeing like all the success that you kind of have in the preseason and like, like how did you deal with it? Cause I know like that brings a lot of like emotions and stuff. So kind of like, how did, how did you work through that and like mentally like prepare yourself to be able to like actually deal with that this summer? So my first goal was actually a hundred. Um, oh, I came okay. back from last year with the plan to do a hundred thousand. And then I ended well, up it. moving it to 200. <laughs> um, and then I ended up moving it to 276 is what it's at now. Um, but I came into the year wanting to do a hundred because last year was stressful for me. So I just wanted to kind of avoid that stress. But then as I got started and I started getting leads and I started booking work, I realized that it, I could do it because I was kind of just doubting myself that I would be able to do numbers higher than that. And then once I got to, once I changed it to 200 and I was booking up quite a bit quicker then Jordan kind of came in and convinced me to raise my goal. Um, but I was super stressed about the thought of doing this amount of work over the summer because of the amount of stress that I went through last year with doing obviously quite a bit less. Um, but I think that that stress forced me to just get super organized. So just start doing as many interviews as I could and making sure that my painters were well signed up and well trained before they actually even came to the job site. So making sure they were all watching their videos and reading the systems um, and then just talking to Jordan constantly and other franchisees too. But Jordan has kind of been my main point of contact for just sharing my stress and then him convincing me that it's okay because <laughs> um, I I'm a very high stress person and I'll just kind of start to panic when I start to think of scenarios. So Jordan will help me with that whenever I need it. And then also talking to one of my friends who's no longer a franchisee, but understands the franchisee experience has been really helpful for me as well. But I think the main thing of just feeling confident, it was just getting super organized and feeling ready with at least my organization so that I could start and then get there mentally once I actually started. Well, I think we like reference organization like a lot on this podcast, like how different it can make your business. Like if you have all your safety stuff done, if you have your production planners done, your flyers done, everything's organized before you even like or put it into Simon and your production schedule. Like if that's all done, literally all you have to do is schedule it, pick a color and then everything's ready to go. Like it becomes quite a bit more systemized and simple and it's sometimes it seems more complicated than that but it really isn't you know it's it's about like just making sure everything's in place so that it can get done properly um, instead of like you trying to run around and, and try and figure things out like the night before um, like I had one job this week and because of the weather change next week we decided to move it uh, starting this week 
So I had like a day and a half to get a color, do a test patch, make sure she was happy with it and get started. And like, I mean, I, I've seen people operate like that all summer and it stressed me out just for one job. So um, it just, it completely changes kind of like your perspective, I think on the position and like your summer as a whole, for sure. Well, and I, I mean, even Jessica, Je- like in her DM corner there yesterday, pretty much said all that. Like she said, you know, like do things the night before, uh, you know, I think she said the thing Jordan likes to say is, uh, what is it? It's like something about making breakfast the night before or something like that. Oh, laying you. Oh yeah. You have the choice either like lay your clothes out the night before or, and, and leave at like leisurely in the morning as soon as you wake up, or you can wake up, stress about what you're going to wear and then like kind of be stressed for the whole morning. Cause you know and and it's so true like if you wake up and i think we've talked about this before but if you wake up and you're just kind of like running around trying to figure out which crew needs what ladders and what you know and and all these different things because you don't really know your whole day you're just going to be like just on the edge you know so it's super important to start things off right Totally. I'm not actually a naturally organized person. Like I'm actually quite a messy kind of scatterbrain type of person. So that's something that I've really had to work on is pushing myself to be organized because it's much better to like put in that effort to get organized versus dealing with the consequences later of not being organized because so many things go wrong when you're not organized. I feel like a lot of people coming into student works are not that organized. Like sometimes people are, but I feel like it like really forces people to like be on a completely different level than obviously like a lot of their peers but than they ever probably would have been in the next five to ten years just because there's so much responsibility that comes with it so like you have to basically it forces you to have to be organized with so many different aspects but um yeah i think it's dependent upon how systemized you kind of become um also kind of relays in in how your business runs for sure yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally relate to that, Kara. Uh, like, I'm I'm not organized at all. I mean, like, like I live with my girlfriend and drive her crazy, like, all the time with how messy I am. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, I am getting better. But uh, it's, it's, it's really one of those things I really have to, like, consciously think about. Um, like, even, uh, even um, when I do estimates, uh, you know, I, I know like in my first year, especially, and I, I kind of kicked it for the most part last year and this year it's been much better, but I had this bad habit of I'd, I'd like book a job or I wouldn't book a job. And I just kind of like throw the agreement like in my back seat and be like, oh, I'm just going to, I got so much stuff going on. I got to like get to this job site. I'm, I'll, I'll just deal with it later. And then like, you know, three weeks later, I'd be like going to do that job and I'd be like, where's the agreement? Like, where's the, you know, where is it? So, um, you know, just like it. And, and I've now I really consciously think about that and like, no, we're just going to take the two seconds to put it back in my box and everything and like have it all organized. But yeah, so <laughs> I totally feel you on that. That happened to me the other day. The other day, like I, I had a job and like they told me no. So like, I don't, know, I, like put, I don't know where I put the contract. I was like, whatever, like, I don't care. They told me no. And then they called me like a couple days ago and booked it. And I was like, fuck, where's the contract? <laughs> it was very stressful. So Well, I, I uh, last year, this is funny. I mean, we're kind of going off on tangent here. But last year I uh, was on kind of a bad streak with estimates. And it was like kind of at, at a point in my summer where I really needed work. 
and I got to this estimate. I was already pretty confident in it, did the quote, and they literally were just like, yeah, sorry, like we haven't actually received the other quote back. And it had been a week. And I just like looked at them and I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, so like we can't decide today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I And I like kind of said it like that. I think they could kind of sense I was like kind of pissed. <laughs> and I like, and I left, which is like, isn't good. But uh, I, I left, got in my car, like, shredded the contract like just ripped it in half and like drove off and i shit you not 30 seconds after i drove off they called me and wanted to book it no simply because like i was the only one who had like actually gotten the quote and that i took the time to do the quote (laughs) i have also ripped up a contract out of frustration and then had to rewrite a contract because (laughs) they booked it so yeah but maybe that's 30 seconds later like i i was like great like what do i say now like uh like because i can't say oh i misplaced the contract or anything like that like yeah it was it was pretty funny i i just like didn't bring my part of it because it didn't exist but i i could still see the price so that was what was important and then i rewrote it later but that's so funny that's funny um but yeah i guess like my last question for you is basically um obviously being a third year you have a little bit more experience going to the summer so like what do you really plan um, to do to make this summer like the most efficient and most organized compared to last summers? Like I know you've really talked about being scheduled and having things in place, but what do you think that you're personally going to do to like make sure that this one uh, runs as smooth as possible? So one thing is really focusing on training. So as I mentioned, making my painters watch the videos and watch those or read the systems, but also being there on the job site to actually train them. So that's why I'm starting my crews like one week apart from each other. So I really have a lot of time. That's not totally recommended. You could start them closer to that, but that's just my preference. Um, But making sure that I'm really properly training my painters and setting proper expectations with them of what I need them to do and then delegating tasks to them to make my life easier. So getting them to pick up paint or sometimes doing agreements if I'm not able to make it or doing the walk around at the end of each day. Um, So kind of the progress report with the client to let them know where we're at in the job. Um, So using my painters to help me is going to be a huge thing for me and then making sure that they're really well set up. So actually doing the performance meetings every two weeks to make sure that they're happy in their job and that they're running well. Um, Secondly is actually keeping constant communication with my clients to make sure that everything's going well. So if I can't speak to them, then calling them to make sure that everything's going well and that they're happy because there's been obviously a couple times or not obviously, but there has been a couple times for me where I've gone to the end of the job and then found out that something happened earlier in the job that I didn't know about. So making sure that the jobs are running smoothly that way instead of kind of dealing with everything at the end. Um, And then also I bought another van this year and I bought more equipment this year just to make sure that my painters are well set up. Uh, So I'm gonna have one of my painters drive the van and I bought extra equipment so that I don't have to kind of move equipment in between job sites constantly. So I've put a little bit more money into my business to make my life a little bit easier because I'm gonna be running three three crews and if I don't do that, then it's just gonna be madness for me. So I'm taking a little bit of time to put money into that and make sure that I'm super organized. Um, So those are kind of my main things that I'm doing. And then also, calling Jordan twice a day. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) 
um yeah jordan always tells me to like you got to spend money to make money and i mean if like if you have the means to kind of be able to to put those things in place it's definitely making your summer a little bit more uh, organized easier Um, because if your people have the right equipment that they need like jobs are going to get done properly if you're consistently running around trying to make things work or you don't want to spend that five hundred dollars sending out a money letter batch and like you're under your sales like sometimes it just takes that extra investment into your like into yourself and your business to like really see the the reward of what like what you're hoping for yeah i think it's gonna make a big difference for me this year like i just bought drills this year for the first time um i bought enough orbital sanders that i won't have to move them around um i didn't even have a sprayer in my first year but i did so many spray jobs so I've got two sprayers from last year. Um, just having the right equipment so that everything can run smoothly, I feel like it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, that that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, I, like, I actually hired someone and, and they said it was really nice to have all the equipment that like we kind of have because he worked as a painter before and like he didn't actually have all of it. And he's like, oh, it's so nice to have a vacuum and not just a broom. And like, it's nice that you have enough sanders for everyone on the cruise because like now we don't have to like have one person hand sanding I was like oh well yeah like all these little things obviously like they will pay you back and more like in efficiency and in like your painters being happy for the summer so that's awesome well yeah thank you again so much for being here today we really appreciate it we know your time's super valuable so thank you for kind of having this discussion with us and answering all our questions and everything uh, yeah thanks a lot I, I actually uh, you know I, I, I learned a couple things so appreciate uh, I can appreciate that and I'm sure people listening will learn things too so thank you guys for having me i hope i was able to give some value to some people that are listening but this was really fun yeah again uh, we really appreciate it and uh hopefully everything goes really really good with your production thank you yours too i'm excited for this year everybody's doing crazy things everybody's gonna be like just making so much money it's gonna be awesome like people are more organized better systems it's all fantastic everything's awesome this year it's a very exciting year like just watching what everybody's doing it's been amazing yeah i completely agree so again thanks for being here today and uh hopefully everyone listening uh you guys have a great start to your production and we will chat with you later Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to click the subscribe button and give us a follow at The Edge Pod on Instagram. We hope you have an amazing week, push for your goals, and remember, stay off your ass.